At some point in time, every single one of us has done something that we knew we weren't supposed to do. For a lot of us, it starts in childhood, with the average kid lying for the first time at three years old. At some point, it transitions into bigger transgressions. Maybe sneaking out to hang out with friends, or going into the spooky forest that is strictly off-limits. Maybe even lying to a teacher about a homework assignment or something like that. And when we do something wrong, we can find ourselves convinced that we'll get caught, dwelling on the potential that we are going to get in trouble eventually, that someone is going to find us out for our ridiculous mistake. Until eventually, we realize that we've probably gotten away with it. But for some people, that day never comes. Because if you kill someone, there is always going to be the chance that you are going to get caught. My name is Brianne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the 1972 murder of Julie Ann Hansen, a 15-year-old girl who went out for a bike ride and never came back. For 50 years, Julie's murder was left unanswered. But in June of this year, police solved her case and are now going through the process to charge and sentence her now elderly killer because you are never too old to pay for your crimes. On July 7th, 1972, Julie had plans to head out and enjoy her day. To do this, she borrowed her brother's bike. Her plan? To attend a local baseball game. At the age of 15, I would say that it is safe to assume that she had plans to meet up with friends or maybe even a potential crush. But unfortunately, it seems that Julie's good day was cut short. She never returned home, and her family waited for her arrival. Julie was no doubt poised to be in really big trouble when she got back, but she never did. The next day, her parents called the police, and I do have to say that the full day of waiting did kind of surprise me. By now, we know that the world isn't exactly a safe place, right? There is a reason that we always share a location before going backpacking. I know that I use the hell out of find my friends because if I go for a walk with my dog and disappear, I definitely want my boyfriend to be able to at least point police in the right direction. We have all of these tools today, tools that I know plenty of parents use to keep an eye on their kids, but back then, we didn't. I'm sure that Julie's family just thought that she was out having fun, and sure, she might have been breaking the rules, but initially, I'm sure that they didn't think she was dead. When they finally did call the police, a search began, and shortly after, Julie's body was found out in a cornfield. She had been stabbed several times, and the running belief was that she was also raped. Notably, Julie's body was found around 30 miles away from Chicago where she lived. So, 
Suffice it to say that someone found her and removed her from the area. I couldn't find any reference to what happened to her brother's bike, though. I think something of particular interest in this case is the location where she was found. It isn't a secret that horror movies love to play on the eeriness of cornfields. We know they're scary and disorienting, which is why we use them for haunted mazes and things like that. The one I worked in was half cut out for the maze and the haunted attractions, but I know that when I first started, even following the outlined paths for staff, I got lost a couple of times and had to reorient myself using mattress pits and slide towers to get back. And since that might seem a bit over the top compared to your average haunted house, you are correct. The haunted maze that I worked in was actually run by two engineers, and suffice it to say that they had quite a bit of fun creating very original attractions. Of course, we did have to move the chainsaw guy away from the mattress pits after too many people face-planted into them at top speed. So... The point being, corn mazes offer a lot of cover and can be really confusing, especially if you're not used to them. But, more importantly, especially back in 1972, they were also fairly vacant. And I have to assume that this is why Julie's killer took her there, likely to buy himself some time. I guess you could say that it worked because it would be 50 years before police could identify him. 50 years of Julie's family, friends, and community not knowing what kind of deranged monster violently murdered her. For a while, police believed that Julie was the victim of other killers in the area. She wasn't the only one to disappear and show up dead, and police did find a couple of other killers who did commit some truly horrific crimes. But after further investigation... They had to admit that it just wasn't likely that Julie was one of their victims specifically. To be clear, the trails they followed were for actual tried and convicted murderers. It just didn't seem likely that she was necessarily on the list. So, decades pass, and we fast forward to 2021. After decades of a very cold trail, police finally got some insight into who the killer was. In fact, they got an exact confirmation. And because it is an old crime and we just solved it this year, you guys know what this means. Did this man finally come out and admit what he did out of guilt to make peace with the world before his death? No. He was found out by none other than voluntary DNA testing. Julie's killer, a man named Barry Lee Welpley, was identified at the age of 76 after his relatives submitted their DNA to a genealogy website. And guys, I don't think that I will ever stop loving it when this happens. Now, for myself, I will admit that I feel rather iffy about these websites. You definitely won't catch me submitting my DNA to any of them because I read way too much science fiction. But... I do love how many cold cases are being cracked wide open by this completely innocent interest in learning more about your family. 
This guy was a murderer who probably got caught after decades of evading police just because one of his relatives wanted to know where their family hailed from. It keeps happening, and I have to wonder just how many people are actually really starting to worry about it with how much it's been in the news. I think about all of the folks online who were adamantly against it, and now I'm wondering if any of them actually have some dark secrets to hide. As you might expect, Welpley is not being accepting of these changes. He and his legal team have been adamant that he isn't guilty, but police just aren't hearing it. One of the articles I read actually said that there was just piles of paper and evidence against him now, so it definitely doesn't look good for him. We don't know much about the truth of what happened, and I doubt that Welpley will ever admit the truth of it, even if they do find him guilty. But we do know a few things. We know that Welpley and Julie were not complete strangers. In fact, he lived about a mile away from her, and from what I can tell, she was fairly well-known in the community. She was described as sweet, and she was known to babysit for families in the area. At the time, Welpley was 27 years old. And I think that it's kind of safe to say that he might have been watching Julie for a while, for all we know. She was around, and she probably wasn't targeted at random. If anything, he could have seen an opportunity and decided to take it. And the fact that he was committed enough to drive her to a completely different city to make it seem like less of a local job was certainly an effective strategy, as we can tell. We don't know if he offered her a ride home and abducted her. We don't know if he just swooped up and grabbed her. We don't know if he and Julie were even on speaking terms or if she might have trusted him for some reason. What we do know is that Julie was sexually assaulted and stabbed 36 times. We also know that this isn't the first story about a man in his 20s preying on high school girls. And of course, we know that finally, after decades of waiting, Julie's killer is finally being brought to justice. It took too long. It shook an entire community. Her killer was able to walk free and live his life like nothing happened while she lost hers. But after all this time, by the marvels of modern science, a rapist and killer is being brought to justice. So, for any other criminals out there that think they got away with it, I think that there's only one thing that we can really say. TikTok. And I don't mean the app. So, if you want to talk about your most hilarious childhood transgressions, your opinions on DNA databases, or the sweet, sweet joy of criminals getting caught when they think they've gotten away with it, feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpod. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>